listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show. We have a special guest today. We have Lou Diamond, and we're going to be talking about Speakeasy, which is also the name of his next book. I've known Lou for several years. He's a fantastic connector. And in fact, you should read the book on connecting that he wrote, and I'll put that link on the show notes. I've seen him speak before, and he's brilliant. Lou Diamond produces Thrive Loud, which is a podcast that has, if you can believe, almost 800 episodes. He interviews people in all different facets of business, and it's all about thriving. It's all about connecting. Check it out. We'll put that link on the show notes also. Lou is a dynamic speaker and master connector who will energize and motivate your organization to explode your sales, retain your clients, and build a thriving culture. Who doesn't want that? Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you get some great ideas from my interview with Lou today. And as always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. And now here's Lou Diamond. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. We've got a special guest today. We have a celebrity with us today. We've got Lou Diamond. And he is the author of Speakeasy, and we're talking about Speakeasy. Lou, thanks for joining me on the show today. Uh, Scott, so excited to be here. And uh, it looks like the weather is actually better in Virginia where you are right now. I'm looking out your window. So yeah. uh, it's raining over here, a little, little it, bit wet. It's raining here too. It's raining here too. Oh. But that's okay. The golf course is closed on Mondays when I record these. So it's all good. Thoughts and prayers. I appreciate that. But uh, Absolutely. <laughs> but seriously, honored to be here. Very excited. Yeah, and Lou, and I remember meeting you the first time when you gave a presentation in New York. It was at a dinner my wife and I went to, and you were absolutely mesmerizing, and you talked about connecting with people. And so I'm kind of curious, and I want to give you a chance to talk more about your upcoming book, but let me start with this question in terms of communication with people. What are you known for? I really want to find out about that, then kind of go deeper into the topic. What do you think people see you as Hmm. in terms of your expertise with communication? It's really funny. I think people know me for three things when they think of how they know me. They know me as a speaker, as you have just described, and somebody that, you know, whether I'm hosting events or speaking and keynoting at them, they know me as what I'll call a growth connector. And that Mm -hmm. is that I'm helping sales teams better connect to their customers to grow their business, marketers trying to grow their audience to better connect their message and leaders to better grow their organizations. So that whole growth connecting is where the work that I do, that's kind of like the the meat and potatoes. And I think the other part is that I'm a podcaster like you. And podcasting has given me a platform to connect to so many people that it would be be, uh, shortchanging it without actually saying what I do. I, I think one time I described it best is that I'm basically a sales and marketing consultant that speaks and writes about connecting. And I think that brings it all together. And that encompasses the three things I just shared with you. So what people know me for. Well, you're, you're very gifted with this. You're very easy in how you speak, which brings us to our topic <laughs> title. When you say speak easy, what does that mean? How would we define that? How would we kind of get our arms around that when you say that? So we have to, before we even look at what speak easy is about, let's just talk about when people hear the word speak easy. The first thing they think about is something that happened about a hundred years ago. And that was when you know the cops were in town and prohibition was was happening there were a lot of these speakeasy places that would you know serve alcohol or have nightclub activities 
that were prohibited, not allowed right. at that time. And the reason it was called the speakeasy was uh, everybody was told to speakeasy so the cops wouldn't actually know where it was. That's where it got oh, wow. the name. And what's also cool about it was you had to know about it. It was kind of like this hidden place, a special place to go in where there was, you know, it was the it spot to be at. It was the, the newest music, the coolest stuff, place to get a guest, to get a yeah. your booze on if you wanted. <laughs> and I love the concept of it. And in fact, the ones in, in New York City, some of the old ones from way back, I've even been to a couple in Chicago. I mean, they were like really cool. And, and today they're obviously like retro and hip, more like wine bars or, you know, cool nightclub places to go to. Um, it always stuck with me, something very interesting. But there was something else that happened there. And that was some of the greatest business deals some of the greatest conversations took place in these places. Right. You know, you think there was all the gangster stuff that went on, but there were a lot of people that were absolutely going there to, when you think about when you go out, you're engaging in great conversations. That's what you wanted. And that was some of the, the fun things that was there. And there was also great music to hear. That always connected with me. Right. And I think that was a big backdrop to some of the work that I've been doing over the last several years in helping organizations or communicating to, to leaders and that is that right now, we're not connecting on a lot of fronts. Why do you say that? I think we, unfortunately, whether you look politically and the way the, the realm of the world is, we are very polarized and, you know, two different ends to every, every component. Obviously, the last two and a half years, we literally and physically have been not connected in the same place and having to figure out ways to bring people together. And I, I think because of all the advances in technology and the speed of business, the most important place where every single connection takes place has gotten kind of interrupted. Hmm. And we've been disconnected and kind of kept apart. And by the way, Scott, that's kind of, it actually has been probably wrenching at a lot of us, but me specifically to someone that focuses on connecting. It yeah. really has hit me in a place where I was like, you know, how can we how can we do this better in this world that we're in? Even though it feels like we can be better connected together, we're not. Right. And I'd say somewhere before the pandemic, I was looking at the problems that I was helping solve. And I realized that there was one characteristics that really stuck out. One thing that I kept seeing that created the most disconnect socially, politically, within your businesses, within your organization, there was one key thing. What's that? selfishness. Mm. It seems as strange as this sounds that when we get defensive or when times get trouble, instead of going to others, we go into ourselves. Mm. We keep ideas to ourselves. We keep some brilliance within ourselves. We're not sharing as much. We're trying to keep things hidden and secret. And I call this selfish because when we give to one another, when we communicate, when we connect, in business and life as leaders in whatever role we're in, when we give versus receiving or just holding on to stuff, when we give back, there's a magic that happens when we're being selfless. Yeah. yeah, right, right. So Scott, I started to realize that the problem I'd been solving and helping people better connect was solving the problem of selfishness on this planet. And there was one real big thing that hit me and that is it was, I was seeing it a lot in leaders. I was seeing it a lot in top professionals and the best in what they're doing. With the selfishness, you're seeing that? The in selfishness. Yeah. I was seeing a tremendous amount of it. These were people that were not sharing their gifts, that were keeping stuff to themselves. They really weren't making the effort to recognize that if they worked on connecting with others and stopped 
being selfish and keeping those wonderful gifts and amazing things that they do, their incredible powers, their brilliance, their expertise, their genius, their ideas, their stuff that's going to bring stuff together. If they stop kept telling people what they thought and actually started asking people what they wanted to hear, we would actually get to a better place and start having better connections. Yeah, wow. So I kind of looked at what all the work that I was doing and I double clicked on one thing and I'll just ask it to you as, as a, I'll, I'll take the, the host chair for two seconds. Okay. <laughs> Scott, where do all connections begin? They begin with where we have commonalities. Okay. How do we find out if we have a commonality? What act are we dealing? What questions. We, and in those questions, if I were to lump that whole having questions and recognizing our commonalities and speaking to one another, what is that thing called? Yeah. Dialogue, interactions. A, a yeah, conversation, a conversation. absolutely right. Right. Scott, every single connection we've made in our lives begins with a great connection. Everything. Think about it. Every piece of business that you've done in your life helped to you know, bring attorneys or firms together. It's because conversations had and you were able to yeah, make the connection. Right, right. And when the connection started, more conversations took place. And great conversations led to great ideas and great bringing together of minds and great business opportunities, great relationships, great personal relationships that helped everybody thrive. That's really where it all begins, all those great connections. How do you think people can take this and wrap their arms around that and say, okay, how do I change? Tell me, Lou, what do I do differently? Well, well Scott, well, here's the thing. What, let's talk about it. What, the reason we have to change is because not every conversation is a great one. In fact, many of them, we're not making the connections we need. Many of them, they're just kind of fleeting and they're passing and we're not really taking advantage of it. You might be a, a salesperson looking to sell something um, to a prospect and that pitch meeting that you have, that's a conversation and you don't quite nail the sale. You might come up with a great marketing campaign and you don't really give that message out and it does not land the opportunity to get your message or sell more products or market mm -hmm. your brand. Mm -hmm. And you could be a leader and you could communicate certain things about the way you're doing things in your company to your people. And there might be a disconnect there. You might not be making great connections. You might not be having great conversations. So let me ask you this, Lou. How, when you talk about selfishness, and because I'm curious about this, I wanted to kind of go back to this. How do you think we can get over ourselves uh, with this? What do you think? I've got some ideas on this, but what have you seen has helped leaders, executives, yeah. high-performing rainmakers, especially people that have egos, how do you think they can overcome that dilemma? You just nailed all the, the things here. The reality is when it comes to, as I was getting to, since not every conversation is great, we're not connecting, something needs to be fixed. Right. So what I've actually realized is it's how we have those conversations. And I recognize that if you had the ability to help people with this and show them how they could have better conversations, then you're going to fix a lot of these problems, these communication mm -hmm. problems and leadership, sales, and marketing. So where can we start? And you're right. Ego, self-centeredness, all that stuff sticks out. Yeah. This is what I learned. It has nothing to do with what you need to do to make better connections in your conversations. Hmm. It has everything to do with how you need to be. The people who make the best connections, the people who have the greatest conversations, step in to the table before it, during it, and after it. And they know exactly the way they have to be in that conversation that is not selfish, that is not egocentric, that is giving, that is caring, that is sharing. And in a certain way that actually makes people want to have more conversations with you, actually right. creates an environment and a 
connection between people that makes you want to literally have more conversations with right, them, right? right? Grow the connections and develop it. So what I, what I dug down and kind of double clicked on was there actually is a flow and a way that you need to prepare, do, and then follow up on every one of these conversations. Okay, so like a system, is that right? Yeah. Okay, so tell me that again. It's a way that you flow and do what did you say after that? I would say it's, it's the way I could summarize this is when you start thinking about every interaction you have with an opportunity to make a connection, stop thinking about making a connection or making a sale or making a presentation or mm-hmm. making a communication. Think of it as having a good conversation. So take the agenda, throw it out the window. What are these concerned about that? You can have an agenda. In fact, actually, you need one as you want to right. navigate a good conversation. And I'll tell you this, you and I right now are having a conversation and your listeners are actually observing and listening to our conversation as content. And the lessons that we have here, by the way, are also engaging. They're actually listening and they're right. taking in what you and I are talking about and recognizing that there's some value there because the both of us in this instance are being selfless in sharing our thoughts or ideas and asking questions and creating an environment that generates positivity, that creates a place of gratitude and puts you in a position to say, I want to hear more. This is why you're so, so successful. This is why when people have really good conversations, they want to continue to figure out how they can be with that person again. And a lot of that has to do with how you need to treat yourself and what you need to do leading into those conversations. Okay, So I have this whole thing about how you prepare and how you need to be. That's what Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me more. I'm going to give you some. I'm going to do one thing that I will, I will share. And I'll, it's a real key thing that will start out. There is something lacking in a lot of ways we have conversations. Because by the way, this has to be authentic. Right. This can't be just, oh, this is the way I got to be. And this is where I got to No, you legitimately have to embrace a lot of the ways you need to be to speak easy in every conversation. One of them I'm just going to hint is a combination of two things together. And I'll just combine those two things. It's you have to be in the mode of asking and listening. You need to be asking and you need to be listening. At every time you start a conversation, as opposed to be telling and be talking. So do you think, let me ask you this, when you say asking and listening, do you think people have a tendency to do one or the other? Do you think introverts outshine extroverts in this situation? Some of the, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or not, as long as you own who you need to be, and you have to lift the energy level up a little bit when you're an introvert to actually have a conversation. No, in fact, actually, we can disconnect more if somebody just starts coming in and let's say they start talking and telling everything and they're chab, yab, yab, talking, talking away and you can't get a word in as wise. And oh, by the way, they're only talking about themselves or their company or their brand or their product or their idea or how great they are. Nobody cares. Nobody cares how great they are. (laughs) The only thing we care about when it comes to connecting is the currency of connection, which is help. How can you help one another? How can this person help me? How can I help them? And that's somebody I want to connect with. Isn't that true, right? Friends help each other all the time. Loved ones help each other all the time. That help can be determined in any way. (laughs) People help in other time. Help is the currency for connection. This is great. I love that. The currency of connection is help. That's fantastic. If you think about in the conversation, I'm going to talk about talking and telling. When you start out in a conversation and you get in the mode of, I'm going to talk, I want to tell because you're excited or eager, you feel that's the way that's going to connect. Think about you being on the other end. Hmm. When I'm on the other end of that, what does that sound like? Oh my God, eventually I got to get a word in as well. But let's flip this around and let's say I don't come from talking and telling and I come from asking and listening. As you do every show, you connect with every single guest that's on your program, Scott. Mm-hmm. This is something you do because you ask and then you listen 
And then you ask and listen again, and you keep going back and forth. Mm -hmm. This is what most people want. And by the way, eventually the pivot of this swings because you can't just keep asking all the questions. Eventually it's going to come back the other way. But make it clear that when you come in with what I call connecting your voice, this is how I prepare for every conversation I ever had. One of the ways that I do this is that I appreciate the opportunity to have a conversation with someone. That already gets me into asking and listening because I am genuinely, and if you took asking and listening together and you push them together, that's called being curious. Curiosity is where conversations thrive. So let me ask ask you this. When you look at different examples of sales, business development, some people, uh, I think Orrin Class, his book talks about two different frames and one dominant frame is going to overcome the other frame. What you're talking about requires letting go a little bit. It requires some vulnerability. Absolutely. Yes, 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 and yes, and yes. This is the whole thing about it. Why? What are we holding on to? Okay, remember I talked about that selfishness. I'm holding on to my idea or I want to be, I want to control a conversation or whatever it is. And there'll be a lot of people that will say the one who's asking the question is controlling the conversation. Right. I don't want to say controlling the conversation. They're helping to navigate the conversation on a path towards connection. Right. And, And that's a lot different than I'm going to be the one in control. That's a perceived reaction because the reality is this, even in a sales situation, you cannot think of it as a selling situation. You have to think that you want a connected partner because the sale happens and now you're working together. You are looking to engage a certain law firm. You're looking to hire them for their services. Let's make it clear. You want to bring that person. Once they start working with you, that connection is so overlapped that if you looked from a top-down approach and you zoomed in, you might not be able to distinguish the attorneys from the people working there. It's a really good relationship. That's a great connection that understands that, yes, they eventually had to make the contract and the initial connection to start working together, but that wasn't the important part. It was the ongoing connection that continued. And that's the key component to how we have to think about our conversations because all we ever want is really good ones. And sometimes we don't have good ones and the ones that don't have make us disconnect. We have to work on the things we need to do and how we need to be so that we can continually have those conversations to connect. So let me ask you this. You're talking to people that are in the business of communicating. They're talking with prospects. They're talking with clients. As they're engaging them in conversations, what do you think are some of the biggest pitfalls that people fall into, the biggest danger areas in terms of how they speak with people? So aside from the big one where they make it all about me, okay, that's that's the big one. The minute you start making everything about yours truly and not about the person you're speaking with. You're falling into a spot where you're just not going to jive. You know what I love? I love sales presentations. I don't love. I love because it's so terrible. You know the, you know the infamous slide? It's called the PowerPoint slide of death is what I call it. You know, there's the march of death, but there's a PowerPoint slide that shows every single logo of all the clients you've ever worked with. You show it like you're going into a prospect meeting. You've got this great presentation with all these cool logos stretched across. It shows hundreds of them. It says, here are all the people that have hired us. That's what it says. But it says something else, by the way. There's this other real subliminal message that happens to the person that you're pitching to when you lead with that presentation, when you lead with it. When you come out and say, here are all the people that work with us. It's basically saying, look how great I am. It actually is saying, here are all the people that are not you. Yeah. Right, you're not on that list. Don't make me feel bad the minute I start going in there. The only logo you should be putting up is their logo. And you're going to talk about how you can help them. Think about that's dropping, that's letting go, that's letting go of your ego, that's letting go of your own brand. Let them connect with you, the individual, you, the person, because make it clear, yes, they might be working for a company, but they're working for a company made up of great people that you want to connect with. We forget that 
often we, when we're so into our own brand, our own messaging, our own work, our own product names, our own solutions, our own mm-hmm. methodologies, let's figure out what that person that you're trying to work with, what their problem is and how you can help them. Well, Lou, you, yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off there. You've no, given no, us, you, thank you for doing so. Yeah. You've given <laughs> us this, this volume of information just in a little bit over 20 minutes. If, if we were going to synthesize this and walk forward a little bit and implement some of these ideas, if we could kind of bring it into, let's say, three action steps that people can take to start implementing these ideas into our conversations, what would be those three action steps you'd recommend our listeners take? Okay. I'm going to tell this first one, which is uh, connect your voice. V-O-I-C-E. I'll spell it out real quickly. Every single conversation, you should be doing this. This is first action item. Visualize how the conversation should go. Appreciate the opportunity that you're having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Know the identity you need to be within it. And C and E, V-O-I-C-E, which is your charisma and energy. Bring a part of who you are individually, what makes you unique. And everybody has to elevate the energy just a little bit because nobody wants to connect with a dud. Right. So, so connect your voice, your first uh, thing to do. You had, you had two other things. What else do I have to do? <laughs> so you talk about connect your voice, which is visualize, appreciate the opportunity. Know your identity. Your identity, charisma, and energy. And then the second action step, what would be a second action step people can take? I call it B5G. Be brief, be bright, be gone. I close off every podcast channel and thrive loud with that expression, but be brief, be bright, be gone is a really good one. You have to appreciate that every time you have a conversation with someone, time is fleeting and short. So you better be brief and get to the point because you want to connect quickly with the individual. Be bright about what you're saying and how you're going to help them. And be gone is not a mic drop. Be gone is move onward and upward. How do you take the conversation to the next level from what you've done in that short amount of time? That's great. B5G. And then what would be our third action step, our third takeaway? Our third one is going to be real simple. And that is focus on how, what I started to say earlier, focus on how you need to be versus not what you need to do. There's lots of things that we can do, send out marketing emails, updates our websites, change the way we message ourselves, give something clear in all the communication, make our proposals a little bit more readable. All the things we send out, those are things we can do. And a lot of those things will help make our connections and conversations better. That's great. But in everything you do, focus on how you need to be. Take all the things about that connector voice and all of that, carry that through in all your communications. You should be speak easy in every way that you connect with everybody. Make it very simple, very direct so that that connection is the focus, not the stuff you're talking about or who you are. This is great, Lou. You've given us some great wisdom. And so tell us about the offerings that you have. I know you've written other books. You have another book coming out soon. But what are the things that you'd like for our listeners to know about you and the services that you provide? So you can go to Thrive Loud, which is thriveloud.com. And everywhere in social media at Thrive Loud, you will see all the things about how you can connect, engage, and win with everything you do. That's my consulting work, my workshops, and the books, yes. Master of the Art of Connecting was my first book. And coming out on September 27th, that's the fun and exciting one. I'm showing Scott the cover here for those that can't see it because it's an audio nice. podcast. Right. <laughs> Speak Easy. Connect with every conversation. You can go to speakeasybook.com. Pre-order today. Love to do it. You get a chance to get it. It'll really help you navigate your conversations and all the connections you would love to make in your life and in your business as well. That's great, Lou. We're going to put those links on the show notes. So people listening, make sure you check that out. We're also going to put Lou's LinkedIn bio link so you can connect with him directly on LinkedIn. Lou, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. I'm definitely going to have you back on the show here soon. And thank you again for being 
a great guest on our show today. Thank you for having me, Scott. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.